Well, good morning. Welcome to Rock Point. Happy Easter to all of you. You know, it's been my privilege for the last 22 years to preach Easter here at Rock Point Church. And I want to tell you what, it never gets old. Never, ever gets old. And this year, maybe a little better than, uh, than most because last Easter, I stood right here and I looked in a video camera in an empty auditorium and preached the Easter message. It's so good to have people here on Easter this year. So good to have people. And I am so thankful that you are here with us today. We're going to talk about, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't happen to have a Bible with you, that's fine. All of the verses that we're going to look at are going to be on the screen today. And uh, so really easy for you to follow along. But we're going to talk about what's the big deal? What's the big deal about Easter? And you want to know something? If Easter was just about... um, chocolate bunnies, and marshmallow peeps. How many people like peeps, by the way? Oh, good. We got a few other than, than me. That's good. Uh, peeps, uh, if, it's, it's, if it's about Easter egg hunts, all of those things really aren't that big of a deal. But you see, Easter is a big deal because Easter is about Jesus. Amen? It's about Jesus. And Jesus is a big deal and always has been a big deal. I mean, think about this. From his virgin birth, how many of you would say that's kind of a big deal, right? Only one ever happened. That's a big deal. His life, where he did all the miracles, where he healed the blind and the crippled and and the lame and all of those things. He turned water into wine. He walked on the water. He, He raised people from the dead. That's a pretty big deal. His arrest by the Romans was a big deal because for a common criminal who was a Jew, that the Romans would even care about that and get involved and arrest a man was really a big deal. They just didn't do those kind of things. And then his death was a big deal because at the crucifixion, the Bible says that for three hours there was darkness And then they took him down and they put him in a borrowed tomb. And then again, the Romans guarded the tomb to make sure that nobody was going to steal the body. That's a really big deal. But if it all stopped right there, if it all ended right there, it's really not that big of a deal. Because most of us probably would have forgotten all of that 2,000 years later. But it's a big deal because of what happened next that Jesus rose from the dead. That's what makes Easter a really big deal. And, and I want you to look at these verses with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it says this is the importance of what happened. It says this, but if it is preached that Christ has raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. And so you're here today because on some level, you understand the importance of the resurrection and and maybe even believe in it. And maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, I'm not sure I'm there yet, but there's at least enough curiosity in you that said, hey, I'm going to go to church on Easter Sunday, and that's why you're here. There's no reason for any of us to be here if the resurrection isn't real and we don't have at least some curiosity and some belief in all of this that it really did happen. And so we're thankful you're here. We're going to talk about four reasons 
why the resurrection is a big deal today. And so let's pray as we begin. Lord, we love you. Thank you for, man, what incredible worship today as we get to worship the resurrection, that, that Easter is a big deal because of that. And God, I'm thankful for every person that's sitting in the auditorium today, for every person that's watching online right now. God, because for some reason, we're enough interested that we're tuning in today, or we're here to talk about Easter. And so as we talk about why that's a big deal, just be with us as we look at your word, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, written by the Apostle Paul. Here's the first reason why Easter is a big deal, is that we have an important reference point. Okay, so a reference point is a basis or standard for evaluation or assessment. So in other words, when we make decisions, it's based on information, and and based on that information, we make decisions and we do things, a reference point. So for example, we live in Indiana. How many of you, if you turn on the news and the weather person says this, tomorrow we're going to get a blizzard? We're going to get four feet of snow and 75 mile an hour winds. Prepare. How many of you are like, I've heard that a hundred times living in Indiana, and I don't believe it. I don't think it's going to happen. Who's in that camp? Anybody there? Okay, that's me too. But then there's a whole nother set of people that believe exactly the opposite thing from the same reference point, and they're the people that run to Kroger's and run to Walmart. And they clear the shelves of all of the bread and the eggs and the milk and, of course, toilet paper. Because for some reason, it's the thing you have to have to survive in the world right now. Same reference point. Some believe it and some don't. You see, but it's the same reference point. Based on the reference point, we make decisions on things that we do. So what do you think about the guys who read this want ad in the London Times in 1914? This was a reference point that people had to make a decision about. Look at what it said. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, Honor and recognition in the case of success. Okay, that's your reference point. How many of you are saying, there ain't no way I'm signing up for whatever job that is? Anybody there? Anybody go, you know what, I think maybe I'd give that a try. Okay, there's a couple people that need counseling. Okay, counseling. My grandson's one of them right over there. He needs counseling. Right? So you you got a reference point. And you're going to go, okay, you know what, no, I'm not going to do it. Or, you know what, it can't be that bad, right? It can't, I mean, no job's that bad. And some people said, hey, I'm going to do it. That's the ad that the explorer, Ernest Shackleton, put into the London newspaper in 1914 to try to recruit men to go explore the Antarctica for the very first time. You would think nobody is signing up for that. And I don't think Shackleton was a very good salesman, do you? Like, I'm not putting him in charge of marketing, but a whole bunch of people signed up and they selected 28 men to go explore Antarctica for the very first time. 
And in 19, or December 5th, 1914, they set sail for the Antarctica. And they started that journey based on a reference point. And they said, yep, it's something that I'm going to do. See, here's why Easter is a big deal. Because we have a reference point. It's called God's Word. That tells us about life. It tells us about what we're heading into in this life. It tells us about what we're like as people. It's our reference point. And as we look at a reference point, we have to say, hey, do I believe this or do I not believe it? But here's what the reference point tells us about our lives. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says this about all of us. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. Okay, so there's our reference point. You're like, that's not a very good sales point right there, right? That's not very good marketing to tell everybody that they're a bunch of sinners, they follow the devil, and that in God's eyes, their, eyes, uh, their lives are just a mess. Okay, that's what God's word tells us. That's our reference point. And from that reference point, we have to make decisions. We have to go, is that really what life is like? So if I were to pull an Ernest Shackleton and write a want ad for people entering this world and entering this life, here's what my want ad would look like. Look at this. People wanted for hazardous journey through life. The journey will include evil, lust, greed, hatred, confusion, discouragement, and rebellion. Hell is the likely destination. Making it to heaven will take a miracle. Who's going to sign up for that? Right? You're like, there ain't no way. Why would I ever think that that would be something good to do? And is that really what life is like? Am I going to believe that or not believe that? And would I ever sign up for something like that? But you see, here's what our reference point says about us as people. I want you to read this verse with me. It's in Psalm chapter 51. Let's read it together. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Born a sinner. Okay, that's, what, that's a reference point. Here's what David said later in Psalm chapter 58. Even from birth, the wicked go astray. From the womb, they are wayward, spreading lies. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Turn to your neighbor and just say to them, friend, I think you're in trouble. Just tell them that right now. Friend, I think you're in trouble. Because that's what the reference point tells us, that we're all in trouble right now. It's not a very good sales job, I understand that. But that leads us to point number two. Point number two is that there's a reality check. Sometimes when the reference point says things are bad, that it turns into a reality that they really are bad. Here's what happened to Shackleton and his men, those 28 men that headed out for the Antarctica. The possibility of the trip being bad turned into a reality that was a nightmare for them. Here's what happened. December 7th, two days into the trip, 
They started to hit the ice flows of the Antarctica as they sailed across the Weddell Sea. January 18th, six weeks in, their ship, the Endurance, was completely frozen in. Completely frozen in. And then the unthinkable happened. Their ship was crushed and completely destroyed by the sheer force of the freezing ice. Here's what Shackleton wrote in his journal. Thus, after a year's incessant battle with the ice, our ship crushed and lost, and we ourselves drifting on a piece of ice at the mercy of the winds. Did you read that? After a year of battling the ice. You know, when a polar vortex hits us for two days, we all think we're going to die. And we all fuss and complain. A polar vortex. A year. A year. Are you kidding me? Their, their reference point that, hey, this is going to be tough. Safe return doubtful. Now looks like a reality that it might come true. As they're drifting on the ice going throughout the sea. They were warned, and it turned into be exactly what they thought. It was going to take a miracle to get them out of there. You see, here's why Easter is a big deal. is because our reference point is this, that we're sinful people. The reality is, yep, it's as bad as it's advertised. Look at what it says in the next verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. It says this. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. What does it mean that we're subject to God's anger? What does that mean? It means that, that there's a penalty for us being sinful people. Look at what Romans says in chapter 6. For the wages of sin is death. We all know this. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it brought a death sentence to all of us. The penalty of sin is death. And so listen, someday you can take it up with Adam and Eve. Right? There's going to be a long line in heaven someday going, I want to talk to you. Okay, but that's where we all are. And when they sinned, death became apparent for all people, and we started to die in two ways. Physical death, okay, we're all on that journey, right? I mean, we're all on the journey to someday this life is going to end, but also spiritual death, that because we're sinful people, we are going to be separated from Christ for all of eternity. And you say, well, what does that look like? What's the reality of that? Well, look at Revelation chapter 20. It says this, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. So someday, when we die, we're going to stand before God, all of us will, and, and, and the books are going to be opened. This book's going to be opened called the book of life. Now listen, here's how you get your name written in the book of life, and it's the one book you definitely want your name in. Because when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says your name is written in the book of life. And that's a really important book because look at what it says in verse 15 of Revelation chapter 20. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So here's the reality that we see in God's word from our reference point is that heaven 
is a very real place that's wonderful, and hell is a very real place that is terrible. Okay, the reference point that we have. The reference point tells us this. The reality is true. And so what do we do with that reality? Well, that leads us to point number three. And here's point number three. That we have a risky decision to make. A risky decision to make. Think about Ernest Shackleton and his guys. He said, come on this trip with me. Trust me and come on this trip. When everything fell apart, and after they'd been on living on the ice for a year, here's what he said to his men. Look at this quote. Follow as I lead, do what I say must be done, and I will get you home. Okay, now here's decision time. How many of you are going to say, hey, dude, I trusted you the first time, and we've been living on the ice for a year, and I think it's time to mutiny and find a new leader. No way I'm trusting you from here on out. Anybody in that camp, go fooey on you, because that's probably going to be me. Anybody going, you're the man, right? You're the man. I'm with you. I'm trusting you to get us out of this mess. You see, he's the one that got you into the mess, but he's the guy saying, hey, listen, you trust me, you follow me, and I'm the guy that's going to get you out of here, but you got to do what I say. Decision time for those men. Let me tell you, they all, 28 of them, went all in and said, okay, we're trusting you to get us out of here. Here's what they faced. After living on the ice flows for over a year, spring hit and the ice flows broke apart. And so they got in their lifeboats that they were able to salvage and they went for seven days and safely landed on an uninhabited island called Elephant Island. Listen to this. It was the first time they'd set land, foot on land for 497 days. 497 days. But they made it to land. Here's what he wrote in his journal. As we clustered around the blubber stove with the smoke blowing in our faces, we were quite a cheerful company. They need counseling. 497 days and we're, and we're happy about this? And he says this, life was not so bad. We ate our evening meal while the snow drifting down from the surface of the glacier and our chilled bodies grew warm. Wow. They still had a problem. They were 800 miles across the ocean to the inhabited island where they could potentially get help. But all 28 of those guys said, we're all in, you tell us what to do, we're going to trust you, and we will do it. All 28 of them went all in. See, here's why Easter's a big deal. Because we have a risky decision to make, just like those men did. Risky decision to make. Are, are we going to, to go hey, we're going to trust in somebody to get us out of this mess, right? Out of this sin and out of this, this road that I'm on to hell. Uh, we're going to trust somebody to do that. Who are we going to trust? And in Ephesians chapter 2, the next few verses are incredibly important because it says this, but God, okay, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much 
that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. There's the resurrection, okay? If there is no resurrection, then we have no hope. But we have hope because Jesus Christ proved in the resurrection that he could conquer sin, death, and the grave. That's what gives us hope. And so we have hope because of that. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And so here's the decision that we have to make. The reference point tells us there's only one person that we can go all in with that's going to save us. Are we going to trust that person? Or are we going to say, phooey on that, I'm already in a mess, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to trust me to get me out of this mess. You see, the Bible doesn't say, but man rescued himself. He doesn't say, but I did it with my strength, my might, my power, my money, my career, my family, my church. It doesn't say any of those things. It isn't about us. It says, but God, but God. You see, and the decision that we make is, who is the person that can rescue us? And our reference point says it's only one person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And we make the decision, are we going to go all in for that? Are we going to say, phooey, I'm going to do it my way, just like Shackleton's men had to make that really important decision in the middle of the crisis? And here's what Jesus Christ said in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. One way, one person, the only way to be rescued from our sin. Peter said this in Acts chapter 14, or Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. You see, it's why Easter's a big deal. Because we are the ones that need rescued. We're in trouble. And there's only one person that the reference point says that can rescue us. And we have to make that risky decision Am I going to trust God or am I going to do it myself? Which decision are we going to make? Which leads us to point number four and our last point this morning is that the results matter. The results matter in the decision that we make. Here's what happened with Shackleton and his guys. They had 800 miles to go across some of the roughest seas on the world. Only six of the 28 guys thought they had enough stamina and energy to make the journey. And so six of them jumped in one of those small lifeboats. After 17 days, they finally arrived at the island that was inhabited, South Georgia Island. They finally arrived at that island. The problem was they landed on the wrong side of the island. The island is 32 miles across mountains, glaciers, crevasses, all of those things. And nobody had ever crossed that island on foot before. Those six men started to cross that island. 36 hours later, they made it to civilization. They got help. It took them, because of weather, it took them four tries and four months to get back to Elephant Island and rescue the men that were still there. So listen to this. After almost two years of being in the Antarctica, 
Ernest Shackleton brought all 28 men home alive. Alive. How incredible is that? The results matter, right? The results matter. Every one of those guys that said, hey, we're going all in to trust you to get us home alive. When it finally came to be, they were thankful that they trusted Ernest Shackleton. You see, someday, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and we end up in an eternity in heaven instead of an eternity in hell, those results are going to matter. They're going to matter in trusting in the one person. And Ephesians, the next book, or the next verse in Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united in Christ Jesus. You see, so, so here's where the results matter. In Christ Jesus, we can be someday seated in the heavenly realm, not because of who we are, but because of putting our faith and trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Those results matter. You know, some of you in our church family know this, and some of you that, that aren't part of our family don't know this, but this last year, last August, I lost my dad to COVID. And uh, he had some un underlying health issues, and he was 86 years old. But we lost our dad. Man, that was a really challenging season to go through all of that. And when I preached his memorial service, um, it was pretty emotional. But I said at that memorial service that we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. Because the hope we have is that that's not the end of the story for my dad, and it's not the end of the story for our family, because my dad was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. He had turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And because of what our reference point says, I am confident in where he is for the rest of eternity, which is in heaven. And because of the relationship that I have with Jesus Christ, not because I'm a preacher and not because I'm a good guy and not because of anything that I've done or anything that I am, but only because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me and me accepting into my life, I know where I'm going to spend eternity. And someday there's going to be a grand reunion because of that. And this isn't the end of the story because someday we're going to be seated in heaven with Christ Jesus. The results matter. And so let me put my want ad up again that says this. People wanted for hazardous journey through life. Journey will include evil, lust, greed, hatred, confusion, discouragement, and rebellion. Hell is the likely destination. Making it to heaven will take a miracle. Can I tell you some good news today? Easter is a miracle season. Because Jesus Christ is the miracle of what Easter is all about. And as God's people, or as people in this world, who are sinful, dead, lost, on a pathway to hell, there is hope only in one person, that's the person of Jesus Christ. And to accept that free gift, because listen, when he did all of those miraculous things in his life, the virgin birth, the miracles, the crucifixion, shed his blood on the cross, rose from the dead. When he did all of that, he did that to offer each and every one of us a free gift called eternal life. And all he does is says, here it is. All you have to do is accept it. It's that easy. All you have to do is accept me into your life. And so we're going to end this way.
this morning. In just a minute, I'm going to give an invitation. Okay, I'm going to ask you in just a second to just close your eyes, bow your head. And, and if there's anybody here this morning that would say, you know what, pastor, I'm not sure that I've ever made that decision in my life. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Okay. It's a prayer that you can pray quietly in your seat, in your heart, just between you and God. This isn't between anybody, but you and God. And quietly sitting there today, if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you can confess your sin Put your faith in Jesus Christ and ask him to come into your life and to be your savior. The only one that can rescue you is the person of Jesus Christ. That's what our reference point tells us. And the decision then is yours to go, I believe it or I don't believe it. And that's your decision to make this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we love you today. We're so thankful for your word, so thankful for a story that can illustrate that for us. But God, right now, we have a decision to make. If we've never trusted Christ, we have to decide whether or not um, it really is a reality, the reality of heaven of hell, the decision of whether or not to accept you. And I would say this, the results really do matter. And so God, there might be some here this morning that have never trusted you. And that, if that's the case, then right here, right now, just seated in this auditorium and the quietness of their heart, just between you and them, may they just pray this prayer in the depths of their heart. Dear God in heaven, I know I'm a sinner and I know I cannot save myself, but I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. And right now this morning, I want to ask you to take away all my sin Come into my life and save me and allow me to be a part of your family. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray these things. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer today, I just want to say congratulations. This will be the best Easter ever uh, because you have miraculously been saved and on your way to heaven with Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you to do a couple of things. Number one, if you uh, didn't hear the announcements before you came in, we'd like everybody to fill one of these out so that we have all the correct information on our church family and on any visiting guests that are here. If you prayed that prayer today, would you do me a favor? Right up here on this little blue line uh, that's at the top of this card, just put an asterisk or a star or something like that. That will indicate to us that you prayed that prayer to accept Christ. Um, Then as you all leave, we're going to have you just drop these into the baskets. They're going to be right outside the doors there. If you have a star on your card, um, we're going to send you a packet of information just to help you understand a little bit more that decision that you made so that we can rejoice with you. And we'll just drop that in the mail to you. If you're a visiting guest today, um, please go to the point, the Glaston area, straight down here. We have a nice gift to give you. If you'll just go up there and say, hey, I'm a first-time visitor. Uh, we have some really happy, fun, friendly people. Just going to hand you a bag and go, hey, thank you for being at Rock Point today. We would love for you to do that. And so drop your cards as you go. If you made the decision, put a little star on it. We'll send you something in the mail. And then when we're done, if you have children in the children's area, Please go get them immediately so we can turn our church around for the next service. So let's stand together. One more great song that we're going to sing to end our Easter service together. Thank you so much for joining us this morning at Rock Point Church.